All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. It's Friday, March 6, 2020. <laughs> and it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. That's really the only thing that matters. The date does not. Uh, because you don't have to work tomorrow. Or maybe you do. I don't know what kind of job you got. But uh, yeah, for most working people, today is the last day of the work week. So congratulations, you made it. And we're going to reward you guys for making it through this week. We know you've had a long one. We know you've had a tough one. We know that uh, this weekend is a much needed one. So we're going to give you a Red Wings rewind uh, on the 2009 Winter Classic when the Detroit Red Wings go to Chicago, beat down the Chicago Blackhawks in, uh, I mean, one of the... Uh, really, I mean, I mean, it wasn't the first because, you know, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, that was the first Winter Classic, but the first great Winter Classic. Uh, really kind of set the tone for the event going forward. Unfortunately, it's a little bit diluted now, and I think that uh, this game was in the glory years of the outdoor era in the NHL. Uh, I am your host, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi, covering the Detroit Red Wings for the Detroit News and thehockeywriters.com. I'm joined by my co-host, What's Ethan going Smith. on, everybody? Great. Nobody now, now nobody knows your name. Uh, My name's Ethan. So, <laughs> so where do you want to start with this one? I mean, there's a lot of interesting things to, to look at uh, when you think about this game. The let's Red Wings, start at the beginning. Yeah, let's let's set the scene for it. I, I, I like that. That's a good idea. Wrigley so, Field. So we'll set the scene for it. Wrigley Field. 11 years ago. The friendly confines. Chicago, Illinois. It's a 32 degrees, but with the windshield out, it feels like 18 uh, and Red Wings enter this game. Guess what their record was? Um, I'll say... They have 25 wins. Guess how many losses they have. Uh, 10. 7. Wow. 7 losses. And 5 overtime losses. Uh, uh, I mean, they have 10 more wins by January 1st and the Red Wings have had all of this year. So just to set the perspective. Oh, can we also say before all of this... Yeah. Um, this is back when Marion Hosa was on the Red Wings, so I was still on the Red Wings side. And you had this you, is before I jumped ship. Is, I liked Chicago; didn't have a problem with them at all. You would, but this was pre Hosa to Chicago. So this so, is Hosa and the Red Wings. So this was the peak of your Red Wings fan. This is this was arguably but you still the, like the best, Chicago. The, this yes, this is arguably the best hockey <laughs> year of my life. Perfect. Uh, they come into this game twenty eight and seven. The Red Wings, obviously, the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Blackhawks, a little something to prove. And uh, just reading through this game, watching this game, you and I sat down and, and watched it a few moments ago. Uh, it, it just makes me yearn for for a time where a game in January, regardless of the venue or regardless uh, of the fact that it's being played outside, meant something. This is a game that Red Wings, Blackhawks, like we talked about with Friday's game, means absolutely nothing. This was a time where, uh, I, I, me- I mean, I remember being nervous. For a January game, like I remember thinking, the Red Wings cannot lose this game. It'll be so embarrassing, not not an embarrassing sense, but like you just truly desperately wanted to win. I think the last time, maybe that I felt that way about a Winter Classic was the maybe it was the year after that when the Capitals and Penguins played, uh, and I was a big Ovi fan at the time. My mom's a, a Penguins fan. And so I, I, I felt personally as if I couldn't have suffered a loss in that one. What do you remember about the build-up to this game? Um, I remember just being excited for it, really. I mean, Chicago was still a young team back then, mm-hmm. and their goaltending was really shoddy. Cristobal Huey and Nikolai Habibulin, oh, which We're what? getting to the goalie matchup because Detroit's, oh. Detroit's goaltender is obvious, or 
arguably even funnier. It's it's just like it, when you say their names, it just feels nostalgic. Yeah, so Ty Conklin starting a net for the Detroit Red Wings on this uh, particular January day. Unbelievable. And still, the Red Wings, like I said, 25-7-5. So, obviously didn't make too much of a difference. Ty Conklin is the very reason why you don't give a goalie like Sergei Bobrovsky $10.5 million in free agency. What did he get? Bobrovsky? No, Conklin. Oh, you're probably making like $2 million. Oh, why do you say that? Because Ty Conklin was like a journeyman goaltender. Like he wasn't some... He, he, when you have a team that was as good as Detroit was, it's the reason why they never oh, had a goalie yeah. like Patrick Waugh. That yeah. they never paid somebody like Carey Price. Yeah. Is be, you know, they sh- they let Ozzy go and he went to the Islanders and I, then he came back. And I mean, he was never a guy that's going to make $6 million, $5 million a year. That's just not how it is. I mean, no, in today's fair. that's fair. I didn't, I didn't get what then. I didn't get what you're. I I was focusing more on the player like Sergey Bobrovsky and less on the. That's why you don't give money to a goaltender. Yeah, it's just too hard of a position to be excellent at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it a lot of times depends on the team you have in front of you. We see yep. that how much this year with uh, Jimmy Howard. I mean, obviously he hasn't played the best that he has in his entire career, but he certainly does not benefit from a good team in front of him. But we're not here to talk about Jimmy Howard. We're here to talk about the 2009 Winter Classic and what a great uniform matchup it was, too. One of the, maybe the best, dare I say the probably, best, probably. uniform matchup in the Winter Classic. You got Detroit going with the white jerseys with the fat red stripe through the middle and the old English D, uh, I believe Beautiful. it was the jerseys they wore in their inaugural season. Beautiful. Uh, and then Chicago's jerseys as well were just so crisp, so clean, on their way to Charlene. Shout out, young Jeezy. Uh, they have black jerseys, black pants, and socks with the uh, tan stripes and red accents. I just loved that. I loved the use of that tan color in those uniforms. It works so well with the red and the black. Those are such just classic jerseys for Chicago. They they really do need to wear those more. Mm-hmm. I love those. It just kind of changed when Adidas came into the game. Yeah. Well, and then they were trying to get like all they're trying to, you know, keep producing new jerseys so that they would have something new mm-hmm. to sell. I'll be interested to see cuz I think the Red Wings are going to get an alternate next year. Uh, I think every team gets an alternate. They said that this year too and and it didn't happen, but I they do. I think they have an option for it, but I don't think they necessarily have to go through with it cuz they there were I was there's a dude on Twitter that follows jerseys like that. Mhm. And Paul Lucas? Yes. Okay. And, uh, At Uni Watch, I believe. Dude, wow, good, good. Right, that was good. Thanks. I want to come up with that. But uh, yeah, follow him if you want to look up or just follow cool jersey stuff and equipment and stuff like that. It's interesting. The little intricacies of uh, that's the first time I think I've ever pronounced that word right on the first try. Intricacies. Yeah, I can't say it, but it's fun to follow stuff like that. But they, he said that they were supposed to at UniWatch.com that he's. They were supposed to get a jersey this year, and they didn't go through with it. Obviously, they don't really need one. I mean, no, and I think if they do bring one back, I think most fans would like to see this Winter Classic jersey be brought back as their alternate. I know. I'm really. I really don't know what the Red Wings are going to do. I mean, they really don't have too many options. They have to go with like the D or something like that. They have to because mm-hmm. they can't. They can't add another color. I know. You know, awful would be if they added black. I know. Like, you know, like those. 
Oh, oh right, dude, those it. jerseys that uh Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, I know. You know which ones we're talking about. Oh, that's just awful. <laughs> those are like dollar store Walmart jerseys and it's just like, dude, just go to like Hockey Town Authentic. <laughs> go something. to AliExpress. Yeah, do something. <laughs> oh man. Go on eBay, like anything. Yeah. Uh so the stage is set. Let's jump on into this one. All right, let's talk about the game a little bit. Uh, but before we do, I should mention, we forgot to talk about when, when we brought up the uniforms. Mike Babcock's fit. I know we don't like Mab- Mike Babcock. Now this is an anti-Mike Babcock. Mike Dad Babcock. Mike Dad Babcock. <laughs> oh, man. This is an this is a anti-Mike Babcock podcast because of what he did to our, our boy, Johan Franzen. I'm very sympathetic towards and Johan Franzen. And Chelios, too. And Chelios. And, like, everybody, like, and those were just guys that, who came out and talked about it. Like, even guys who wouldn't go into specifics were like, yeah. So. That's crazy to me. That's I know. Crazy. But he's rocking a hell of a fedora. Did look good. In this Winter Classic. Did and, look and good. And Joel Quenville's, you know, he's it's it's cold outside. He got the wind chill. He's rocking no hat, bald ass head. He doesn't care. He's got the mustache. Coach Q, baby. Still, still love Coach Q. Still did not look nearly as clean as Mike Babcock. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Christopher Stieg opens the scoring up for Chicago. Uh, gets him on the board with a rebound goal. Uh, puts him up one nothing. And then Michael Samuelson. We talk about the guys uh, when we did the Red Wings rewind a, a couple weeks ago about the uh, series against the Penguins. Mikhail Samuelson was one of those guys who just kept popping up. And he does again here. He ties things up for Detroit 10 minutes uh, into the period. And then an old face, one that I completely forgot about, a name that I completely forgot about until we watched this uh, video. Brett Lebda takes a penalty that uh, Chicago immediately capitalizes on, goes up 2-1. Brett Lebda, Chicago boy. They brought it up on the broadcast. They were hurting his feelings. Cubs fan. Cubs fan. They were, you know. He, I bet he'd been to a lot of games at Wrigley. He never imagined he'd be playing out there. I mean, I mean, folks. Life's crazy. Life is crazy like that. Uh, lots of action, by the way. You looked at me about halfway through this first period, and you were like, dude, this was a great game. And it was. Uh, I mean, just serious back and forth. Red Wings ended up with four, 43 shots on net. Uh, mark that under things we haven't seen in a long, long time. I mean, I'm sure we have, but not, oh, not in that fashion. Jesus. Uh, consistently, you mean? You mean? Yeah, consistently. Night in and night out. Night in and night out. Uh, oh, but then man. Chicago goes up three one towards the end of the first. Uh, I think it was Ben Eager who yes. uh, Mar- put Chicago up. Marty Havlot and Ben mm. Eager. I love hearing these names. I love hearing the name Martin Havlot too. I just think of the Cronwald hit. God, yeah, no, that's that all I can great. think of. That's that was... Martin Havlot Ooh. has been reduced to Ooh. a moment in time where he was unconscious. It's unfortunate. Good player, though. He was yeah. a good guy. Yeah. He had a lot of charities and stuff. Well, they all do. It's for tax purposes. All right, Debbie. <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, another name that you're going to hear quite frequently throughout this uh, episode, Yuri Hoodler, comes back out of the second period, cuts Detroit's deficit to 3-2, to two, and then makes it 3-3. Three, three. Halfway through the period, he's got two goals. He adds an assist later on, ends up with three points, plus three. Good old Yuri Hudler, man. Not to mention Marion. I'm sorry, I forgot to say Marion Hosa got an assist on the Samuelson goal and the first Hudler goal. So you know, 
two assists for Hosa so far. Making an impact. Maybe that's when big, Chicago big decided player. to big steal player. to steal him. Yeah, big player. Uh, yeah. Then the best goal of the game happens, and that is that is scored by one Pavel Datsuk. Uh, yeah, I miss these days. Jesus, man. He it, carries the puck through the neutral zone. You know, whenever we're feeling down, we, me and Nolan, if we're hanging out, we'll just be like, hey, want to watch the Red Wings playoff highlights from 2008 or 2009? And then that's what we do for 45 minutes. Yeah. Shout out to Awood40, by the way, for putting together those compilations of like every Red Wings goal from the playoffs. That's what we've been watching for like the last half hour. After the Blackhawks video ended, or after the Winter Classic video ended, we were just watching... uh, I just said, I really miss this. Can we watch playoff highlights? <laughs> it's just crazy. You, you forget what it's like to see somebody wearing that uniform play in a game that means that much. It's almost like right now I'm like in the mindset that the Red Wings aren't even in the NHL. It, I do. It really feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah. We, I'm, it, it'll be... Oh, I'm so tired of saying this. It's going to be fun to see what this team is like in five years in this new NHL. Where it's speed and skill, and how Eisman can develop that the way he did in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see it. I just hope it's not five years away. Right. Well, when you talk about speed and skill, I don't know if anybody is better at it than Pavel Datsuk. Now, on this fourth goal, he splits a defenseman. So he, deceptive. Yeah. Like, he, he comes to the neutral zone, and I mean, I would say that the defenders are playing at least 10 to 15 feet off of him mm-hmm. and like plenty of time to close the gap in either direction if you're an NHL defenseman but they have no shot he cuts right through him does goes over to the backhand slides it right through Cristobal Huey's uh five hole there and it's 4-3 and that's just the beginning uh Red Wings then take a 5-3 lead after Brian Rafalski puts one in now that was a bit of a wonky goal but uh you'll take it how you can get it if you're a defenseman hey, it doesn't matter Five three now. That's what's f- four unanswered goals for Detroit. Yeah, and twenty seconds later they make it five straight goals as Brett Labda redeems himself in, in the house that uh, I don't know who who's the how who built the house that the Cubs play in. Nobody, anybody. They didn't win any. Um, Johnny Cub back in nineteen twenty seven. Harry Carey. Yeah, Brett Lebda gets a redemption. The hometown boy in his hometown city, watching his or in his hometown ballpark, puts the Red Wings up six to three for the fifth unanswered goal. Uh, I got a quote here from Patrick Kane after the game. This is relayed to me by ESPN. Uh, it says, "Quote: They are the best team in the world. They are a team that can just take over when they want to." Your reaction? It hurts. I just I want it so bad. I miss it. it this is like, like it's like the equivalent to watching Tampa Bay last year, just how dominant they were in the regular season. Yeah, but like it, it's still, and I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not reading post game stories from teams that play Tampa Bay. But like, I don't know that they commanded as much respect as the Red Wings did in this time. Because if you look at the roster, not only was it talented, not only were they good, but they had legacy players on that team. Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Datsuk, Nicholas Lidstrom. Just, I mean, those are just three guys off the top of my head that uh, really kind of were enshrined in this, generations of, in this generation of Red Wings hockey. And uh, 
I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. They commanded so much respect. And uh, even against their bitter rivals in the Winter Classic, in a game with so much emotion that you got Patrick Kane at the end of the game saying, hey, hand up. I mean, what do you, what do you want us to do? That's the best team in the world over there. At, at a team that's 20-8 and eight in the Chicago Blackhawks, poised to be the up-and-comer. And the Red Wings just broke their spirit. And you know what? We actually love up-and-comers on this podcast. Do you know why? Why? Because we're also an up-and-comer. And we need some advertising. So if you've been a listener of this podcast before, then I'm sure you've heard about all the great other advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is that Locked On Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your team wants to connect with Red Wings fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown Podcast, because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777, or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising, and just let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. All right, just a couple of notes uh, to jump back into this Winter Classic. Uh, Not much else happened in this game from the point that we last left off at. The Blackhawks did add a fourth goal to make it its final score of 6-4. And, uh, Ethan, when we were doing this, we were getting ready for this podcast, I I said, what do you want to do Red Wings Rewind on? You know, they, they've got the rivalry with Chicago, and it'd be good to, to do one, uh, a memory against Chicago for Friday's episode. And uh, I was reminded that not many good things happened between the Red Wings and Blackhawks uh, mm-hmm. on the Detroit side of things outside of 2009. Red Wings obviously going on to beat the Chicago Blackhawks in the Western Conference Final to reach their second straight Stanley Cup on an overtime game-winning goal by, guess who? MVP. Darren Helm. So uh, that was exciting. MVD. This was uh, this was really the last year that Detroit was probably considered the top dog in the Western Conference. Yeah. Most valuable Darren. Yep. I like that. It was really more like the just changing the guard then, you know? Yeah. It's just team was getting younger still. I mean, they just brought Brian Campbell on. I mean, Versteeg's just getting going. Adam Burrish, Andrew Ladd. I mean, just what we were talking, what we talked about earlier, it's just that team was just getting younger and more powerful. I mean, Kane and Taves are in their first couple of years here, you know? Yeah. And you see Patrick Kane now is still putting up over a point per game. This guy's an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. Absolute, I think both of them are absolutely worth 10.5 just from what they did there and everything. I mean, you just pay to win just like we did here. That's just the way it goes. It's just unfortunate that that, Stan had to trade everybody else on the roster. It's not unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It, nobody nobody is, like, relating to your pain. I hope you know that. Yeah, 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs, Brent Seabrook, overtime, game seven. What is wrong Put with that you? in your pipe. What is wrong with you? And, what is wrong with and you? And I'm back to being a Red Wings fan. All right, all right, we're good. <laughs> Oh, man. You want to talk about all-time heartbreakers? I think that I, I hate to soil the good spirits of this podcast, but if you want to talk about all-time devastating losses, I think that game against uh, Chicago Game 7 2013 has to be 
Has to be the worst that I've experienced, maybe, probably. Were, weren't you with all of our friends? Didn't you, didn't everybody watch it together? No, I was at home. I Were remember you? I was I was right on that couch over there. Really? Yeah, the studio, you know, where we moved the studio to the to the kitchen for the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's nice outside. Yeah. Uh, no, I was, yeah, I was on the couch, and I remember, like, my heart sank. And it was, because it was right after, in the third period, Chicago took that lead like in the final minute and then it got called off and i remember as soon as the goal went in like my heart just sank and it was like you know when you're not registering anything you're like no no that can't be it there has to be a penalty there has to be something there was a delayed call no just a just a clean as day shot deflects off the who, who did that deflect off of uh cronwell yeah just I remember. Him. I remember every second of it. Yeah, we won't. We don't have to go down that road because the Winter Classic, the 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 moment we're talking about today, that was all good times. That was all fun spirits. Uh, I was looking at ESPN ranked the top ten Winter Classics uh, before we started this, and uh, that game was number four. There were there were like the game itself. I think was the reason why it does sit at number four simply because of the fact that it wasn't really that competitive at the end. Red Wings kind of ran away with it with those five unanswered goals. But outside of that, the atmosphere, uh, just the electricity inside the building, the venue, the uniforms, the weather, it was all just, it, it was as perfect as you could ask for, for a winter classic, uh, in Chicago, not much wind, uh, based on what I was reading. <laughs> let's do a rewind. Let's do a rewind of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in Detroit went to Big House. Oh yeah, I, I went to that. I can actually atone to some, some of the cool stuff that went on there. Absolutely. We will get to that at a later time. But that is all we have for you guys today for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, including today's Red Wings Rewind. We'll be back at it next Monday to uh, talk a little bit about the weekend's games, talk about what's going on ahead, and probably just do a lot of more general future, past, whatever you want to talk about kind of talk because uh, I don't really know how much much more I can talk about how the Red Wings are bad. Uh, I think we all know it at this point, so... If you guys like the, uh, if you guys are liking this kind of stuff, the Red Wings rewinds, the stuff like that, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. You can follow us at lo underscore Red Wings. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi, and then Ethan at Ethan Smith. Go ahead and head over to the Twitter bio if you are uh, looking for those handles. And then of course, be sure to press subscribe so when we have Monday's episode, it'll be in your inbox the second it goes live. Other than that, I got no other jobs for you guys other than to be safe and have a great week. Yep, take it easy. Then go wings. <laughs>